0: New to the living healthy lifestyle or a healthy living veteran, this is your place for honest answers. Naturally Savvy with registered holistic nutritionist, Andrea Donsky and health journalist, Lisa Davis. Hi, I'm Lisa Davis. So glad you're listening to Naturally Savvy Radio. My co-host, Andrea, is away today. We take pride in our sponsors here on the program and we only use sponsors that we believe in. We believe in their products and we utilize their products. As a matter of fact... Whenever my daughter has her friend over who is allergic to peanuts, we always get made good snacks. Now, what's cool is she likes them so much, even when he's not coming over, we get them. So, made good snacks are baked with good intentions like organic ingredients, whole grains, hidden veggies. They're free from common allergens such as peanuts and dairy, and they are packed with nutrition and awesome taste. You can get granola bars, mini bites, rice, crispy squares, cookies, and more. Grab some today, pack them in your kid's school lunch or in your purse. You can learn more at madegoodfoods.com. Uh, I, I'm super excited about our next guest. This book is awesome. It's called The Little Book of Game Changers, 50 Healthy Habits for Managing Stress and Anxiety. It is by Jessica Cording, RD. CDN and INHC. Jessica, welcome to Naturally Savvy. Thank you for having me. Okay, so I've heard of the MS, the RD, the CDN. What is an INHC?
1: <laughs> so yeah, pardon the alphabet soup. Um, INHC, that's an integrative nutrition health coach.
0: Oh, that is so cool. Oh, I love that. Yeah. All right. Speaking of love, I love your book, and I thought what was so interesting about it is that you go through so many different areas where we can be healthier, and I love this whole hacking thing now, like, but in a positive way, right? <laughs> you know, the health hacks. Mm-hmm. So I want to start with uh, you, so you have in the in the book, I should say this first. you have mind, body spirit. And I want to start with mind, embrace routine. You talk about how so many people see that as, you know, it's just like, oh God, really? I had, this is just another part of the daily grind. Talk to us about why it's so important to embrace routine.
1: Yeah. So routine can really set us up well for success. You know, it doesn't have to be elaborate. It can be something as simple as, you know, if you look forward to having like a warm beverage in the morning. Um, I love to start my day with lemon water, not just because it helps me hydrate and gives me some vitamin C, stimulating digestion, but it's just a nice grounding activity to start the day with. Evening is another great time to embrace routine. It can help your body get familiar with that routine. So that way you condition yourself to you know, wind down and get ready to go to sleep and have more restful sleep because you're in this sleep routine.
0: Yeah. You know, when I was reading your story, I was just so, I was like, what is wrong with your boyfriend at the time, (laughs) right? (laughs) My boyfriend at the time didn't really approve of my writing and was critical when I shared it with him. And yet I was really, I was so glad that you listened to your gut. Cause tell us a little bit about that time in your life, living in New York city, working a few uh, part-time PR gigs and just feeling like this isn't what I want to be doing.
1: Yeah. You know, it was, this was back in like 2008. So it was a little bit free, you know, like there wasn't as much of an emphasis on, you know, do what really lights you up and, you know, follow your dreams. It was a lot of it was just about survival. And uh, Mm -hmm. I joke that I'm an elder millennial. So I'm on like the the end (laughs) of the spectrum. So I have like a little bit of both experiences. So it's not always, you know, so at that point it was like, I was just happy to have a job, but I also, um, you know, wasn't super confident and I really, you know, my self-esteem was not in a great place. And I just thought that maybe if I worked harder or tried harder, that things would get easier. But it wasn't really about trying harder. It was really, I had to do some some digging. I talk about this in the book, but really to right. explore what kind of environment I wanted to show up in every day and what um, I felt genuinely drawn to and get curious about what that inner voice was telling me because clearly something was not working. And, you know, I had to take that step back and be like, well, maybe I'm not the problem. Maybe I just need to think outside of just what's in front of me.
0: Yeah, and it's so good that you share that. And I think it's it's really great that you start that off uh, as the first thing in the mind uh, section. I should have started with that, but I was just thinking about routine. Another one in the mind section that I love is set aside daily worry time. Uh, you write, it's hard to drift off into peaceful slumber when our mind is full with those wor- and those worrisome thoughts are playing like loud music from a party in the apartment upstairs. Oh God, that is the worst. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, you know, I
1: the loneliness. Like, so there's another chapter about loneliness, but the worrying right. that has been. You know, I'm I'm super type A. I am. I'm a warrior. I come from a family of warriors. It's just part of my DNA. So to tell when someone tells me, don't worry, I, it just makes me so mad. Oh yeah. And but when we don't give ourselves space to um, like, one thing I love about, um, you know, certain meditation practices is, you know, you do focus on the breath and on um, not necessarily emptying the mind, but just like quieting the mind. And then maybe as you're coming back into you know, the, the, the room, so to speak, you know, giving your, your mind a moment to just kind of just go nuts and think all the things. And I find that setting aside that, that time in your day, it really makes it so much easier to say you need to focus on work or you need to be getting something done to know that you can have that, you know, that 10 minutes, that 20 minutes to just process the thoughts that are might otherwise be distracting you can be super helpful um and if you you know you don't have to like sit down and think like i am worrying right now like you <laughs> i love journaling like if i'm stressed out i'll be like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna finish this thing i'm doing but then i'm gonna write out all the things i'm worrying about and just get them on paper and out of my head
0: yeah it, i've talked to my daughter about that all the time i finally got her to journal and it's just incredible. And I used to, and I don't anymore here. You know, I'm like, I'm going to bother my daughter into doing something I know I should do too. So this is good. This is good. <laughs> this is reminding me that I need to do it too. Another thing we all need to do. I love this. Say no. I still remember my no aha uh-huh moment. I was in the copy line behind another member of a weekly networking group meeting, and I was going down a guilt spiral, listing all the reasons I couldn't help with something she'd asked me to sign up for. No is a complete sentence, she said. Her tone, though not unkind, implied that my extraneous apologizing and explaining was super annoying.
1: <laughs> oh, I remember that moment so well. I just remember <laughs> I wanted to crawl like behind the bar and just like curl up and because I, I was so embarrassed because it but that was an aha moment for me. I was like, wow, yeah, like, you know, this apologizing and explaining like this is not helping anybody, especially not me. But um <laughs> when we set boundaries with our time, our energy, what we're going to leave emotional space for Like we free up so much for the things that are right, that are serving the big picture. And it can be really hard sometimes, especially if we've been trained to be a people pleaser, or we think that we have to shoulder the whole load. Um, You know, it's, I mean, from someone who used to work in hospitals where it's very much about patient centered care and it's always like, yes, sure. I will be happy to help you. It was really hard for me when I, um, you know, ventured out of that world to, to really learn about setting boundaries with my time and energy, especially as someone who is newly growing a new business and Mm. doing different kinds of work and not wanting to burn bridges or, you know, worrying if so, if you say no to someone, they won't want to work with you or they will, you know, dismiss you. Um, you know, it was, um, it was a definite turning point for me to learn that saying no can actually be a really positive thing.
0: Yeah, it really can. I love in the mind section, remind yourself of what's going well. We are all so quick to talk about what's not going well. Like all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: yes. That's one of those chapters I feel like that came about in my work because I need to, I need that reminder all the time. It's I think it's we all one of those do. things I'm constantly Yeah. It's just <laughs> especially in a society too, where we're so focused on achievement and goals that it's really hard sometimes to take a step back and favor your success or just acknowledge what's going well. But with my clients over the years, just one of the most valuable things we do together is I walk through with them. So what's going well, what's working, what do you feel good about? And that not only does it boost your self-esteem when you acknowledge what's going well, it also can highlight why certain things work and certain things might not work and helps you get more comfortable Um, implementing strategies that are effective. And once you can understand, you know, that there are things that work for you, it helps you apply that understanding to maybe other areas of your life where you struggle.
0: Yeah, it's true. And 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 just that's why I love your book, because it really gets you in touch with these things that you might not say, oh, you know what? I never thought about that. Why am I always focusing on what's wrong? Or oh yeah, why do i have so much trouble saying no? Or so many good things. Let's move into the body. I love this. Hanger management one oh one. Hunger plus anger equals hanger. I love that. Let's talk about that because let me tell you something. I am the biggest grump when I'm hungry. I mean, it is just ridiculous. I mean, my family will hide, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I am the worst. It, it's important. When I was, a. I remember being a new intern in the hospital and just needing, and I, I tell a few of these stories um, yeah, in the book great. and in my writing. Just, I, I remember one hospital I worked in, I, I would clock in around seven and morning rounds were at eight. And I used to think I had to wait until after morning rounds to eat breakfast. But, that, but at that point, I'd been up since like 5 a.m. and waiting to eat breakfast till like 9 a.m. was a bad, bad idea. I was like, I'm not going to do, I'm not going to be as productive. I'm not going to make any new friends if I'm the ragey new girl. Like, so, you know, but it was interesting, like just really be coming to um, acknowledge that you really need to listen to your body. And in that chapter, I talk about um, how having stable blood sugar, So, for example, um, when we eat carbohydrates, that raises our blood sugar. Whereas um, a protein has a neutralizing effect. Fat kind of slows the digestive process. Um, Fiber also helps slow the digestive process. And when you hear people say eating, you know, to eat a balanced meal or snack that provides a combination of, um, like, protein, fat, fiber, um, it's not just because it sounds good and healthy. Like, it's helping you have a more slow steady uh, breakdown of what you're eating. So that way you'll have more stable blood sugar, more stable energy, which is very helpful for maintaining a more stable mood. So that's that's one of the biggest, biggest game changers that I had in my life and also with my clients today.
0: Oh, that's awesome. I love eat to beat stress. It brings me to that. So you have these stress busting superfoods, eggs, sweet potatoes, dark leafy greens, avocados, plain yogurt, berries, salmon, oats, olive oil, turmeric, dark chocolate. So these are all wonderful foods. And the other thing I love, too, is the next uh, section, don't fear fat. I tell you, I'm like always <laughs> always talking about health benefits of fat. It's so important. And I grew yeah. up during the whole snack wells thing in the 80s and 90s oh. where everyone yep. was afraid of fat. So for millennials, at least they haven't been brainwashed too much, hopefully, or maybe they have. I don't know. Share your story. Although you do say... um, uh, oh, you do write about the snackwells, though. So, wow. Okay. Because oh, you yeah. say you're an elder in the dark ages. <laughs>
1: How do you remember this? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, I remember we had snackwells in our house. Like, I had a grandmother who ate fat free <gasps> cheese. Like that is not real cheese. Like I remember learning in school that avocados were fattening and I'm just, I'm sorry. I'm so happy. It's socially acceptable to eat fat again, or at least, you know, like I'm Italian. I can't deny, like I need olive oil. So it's, (laughs) um, but fat, yeah, is very important. I'm very, um, yeah, I'm relieved to see that it's become, um, more common knowledge that it's okay and actually important to have adequate fat in our diet. Um, and there's a lot of, when it comes to stress eating, we usually think of that, you know, it having a negative connotation, but in that mm-hmm. chapter, I highlight um, just a few of the many foods that have really um, powerful stress fighting properties that when we incorporate them on a regular basis into our, into our just regular diet, they can really help um, not in terms, not just in terms of helping us feel like calmer, more energized in terms of blood sugar management, but also like the antioxidants in berries or the omega-3 fatty acids in fish, um, the monounsaturated fatty acids in the olive oil and avocados, um, the folate in leafy greens, like they're all doing us lots of favors on a cellular level. And when we incorporate them as just part of our normal eating, it can really benefit our mind and our body.
0: Yeah. You know, another thing that benefits is uh, breaking up with added sugar. And I really like that you said Mm -hmm. added sugar because I have so many food sensitivities. Like I have a very small amount of things I can eat. And sometimes I'm like, ugh, I should just cut out, you know, all all sugar and never have a treat because it's like, no, I can have dark chocolate. It's actually good for me. It doesn't have a lot of sugar. Now I should cut down on the amount I eat, (laughs) but I don't, I, I, you know, when people are like, I cut out all sugar altogether. I mean, I think that's great, but I'm already so restricted. So give us your take on on breaking up with added sugar, not necessarily not having like cake on your birthday and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, that's a great distinction um, that you made that the cake on the birthday, because when I when I talk in that chapter about breaking up with added sugar, um, you know, that's really more like, you know, on a day to day basis where what. And I first, you know, you need to acknowledge the difference between added and natural sugar. So natural mm-hmm. sugar is the stuff that's just naturally present in food, like fructose in fruit, lactose in, in dairy. Um, but when you're looking at um, added sugar, you know, that's anything that's been added to a food to make it sweet. So whether that's, you know, cane sugar, whether that's something more wholesome sounding like maple syrup or honey, um, something that might have some benefit, like in terms of like antioxidant content, but that still is being is adding sweetness. Um, But what happens is, you know, the more we have, the more we tend to want. And when added sugar is hiding in foods that seem pretty innocuous, you know, I think yogurt and cereal are two examples that people are pretty familiar with now. But, you know, you might find it in like pasta sauce or um, canned foods, frozen foods, bread, granola bars, um, oatmeal, all this stuff that seems healthy, but it's, you're still getting more sugar and it's conditioning you to crave more sugar. And, um, you know, so that, uh, when, when you manage to take stock of where the added sugar in your diet is coming from and what the major players are for you, um, that gives you an opportunity to say, okay, so where do I need to, um, cut these out to come to a more balanced place? So that way, when you are, you know, years ago, I had a client who would say, you know, they want to choose their moments. And I really feel like it's important to be able to do that. And so if you want to have a piece of cake on your birthday, like choose that as a moment. And, you know, I'd much rather see my client enjoy like a fabulous dessert, like on a special occasion, than right. like just getting tons of sugar and a yogurt that they're barely enjoying.
0: Right. And that's the problem. So that's why it's so good that you point that out. This made me laugh. You, you have such a great sense of humor. Hydrate like it's your side hustle. <laughs> it's just great. Oh, yeah. And you say you tell that to your clients, too. Yeah,
1: it's it, you know, when we I had a I had a teacher in grad school who used to use this example that when um, that when, you know, someone is dehydrated and you give them enough water, they just perk up like a flower. And I love that example, because when we don't have enough water, our cells are thirsty, like they can't do the their, all their jobs they do to take care of us, our our focus lags, our energy dips. We might feel really out of it, cranky. Um, it's also great for our skin when we stay hydrated. So, But a lot of people struggle with it because either they don't think they like the taste of water or they just can't remember or they feel too busy or they don't want to get up and go to the restroom as often. So exploring what your boundary is to staying hydrated gives you a starting place to figure out what strategy is going to work for you, whether that's setting a reminder on your phone or keeping a nice water bottle in easy reach or being, you know, reframing those bathroom breaks as a time to like reset your brain or get some extra steps, um, whatever is going to work for you. But hydration is really important.
0: Let's move on. And I agree. Let's move on to spirit. You talked about loneliness before. Have a loneliness game plan. Tell us a little bit about this.
1: Oh, uh, This is a huge one for me personally, but I, I so much so that I started experimenting with it with my clients mm. a number of years ago, because I was finding that um, loneliness is such a, it's just a powerful trigger for all kinds of unhelpful coping mechanisms. Um, You know, we might be, whether that be stress eating, stress shopping, um, binge watching shows when you need to be doing other things. um, And it just feels awful. Um, And Mm -hmm. there's also this impression that only like single people are lonely or we all get lonely sometimes, but having a plan for what to do when you feel lonely can help um, help tremendously. Um, I, I, encourage my clients and in the book, I share the strategy to literally just make a list of some things that you enjoy doing that might feel restorative or help kind of get you into a better headspace when you are feeling lonely. So whether that's cleaning or taking a walk or I had a client who would, um, take a, take a joy ride on a city bike on their lunch break in the afternoon, like whatever works for you, but having a plan for how to deal when you're feeling lonely rather than slipping into those unhealthy coping mechanisms can be really valuable.
0: Yeah, it's so true. You have so many, there are so many in this book. Again, there are 50 (laughs) game changers, and they're just wonderful. Let's talk a little bit about working meditation into your day. I just read this great book by Suzanne Salzberg, Uh, Real happiness. And it finally got me. Now, I've only done it a few times for five minutes each. I set the timer, so I'm not constantly looking. But as it's gone on, the five minutes feels quicker and quicker, (laughs) which is nice. It's so important. And it can be really challenging. I I mean, I've tried for years and I've got such a monkey mind. But talk to us about uh, why this is so important. And and if you, you yourself have a meditation practice.
1: Yeah, I mean, I didn't have a meditation practice until my 30s. I I thought, like, I do yoga, I meditate at yoga, but it's not the same. (laughs) Um, And, you know, there's a lot of different schools of thought. Some people think that the apps are cheating. Some people think they're uh, a really helpful thing. I think the apps are great as an entry point. I just think that if that's what's going to make meditation happen for you, go for it. And I actually use apps myself. And, you know, in the book, I feature um, Chief Science Officer Megan Jones-Bell from Headspace. And, um just sharing her, her insight on meditation and it's even like three to five minutes. It can be so helpful in just helping you reset and just disrupt that cortisol cycle. Um, and just get grounded again before you deal with the rest of your day. Like, you know, I, there's no one like correct or, you know, one right way to meditate, but incorporating, Even just like the shortest little meditative practice into your day can make a huge difference in your mindset, just how you feel in your body and go about the rest of your day.
0: Well, I think your book is absolutely... Absolutely, I should say, fantastic. Uh, and so does Jace, Jason uh, Wachub, founder and CEO, co-CEO of Mind, Body, Green. I've had him on the show before. Uh, this is a must read for anyone looking to implement positive, healthy and sustainable change into their everyday life. The book is called The Little Book of Game Changers, 50 Healthy Habits for Managing Stress and Anxiety. Jessica Cording, you are fabulous, your book is amazing. I absolutely love it. it, it really folks, go out and get this book. Jessica, tell us all the ways we can find you and how people can work with you as well if you're taking on new clients or does it have to be in person or do you have like a Skype or FaceTime situation? Let us know. Yeah.
1: So, you know, you can find the book on Amazon and I'm on social media, um, Instagram and Twitter. I'm Jess Cording and Facebook. I'm at Jessica Cording Nutrition. Um, I do uh, work virtually one-on-one with people, but in 2020, I'm going to be rolling out um, some exciting new uh, virtual uh, group workshops where people can Um, also connect with me and be part of an exciting new adventure.
0: Uh, so stay tuned for more. Oh, how exciting. Oh my gosh, Jessica, that's great. Well, I'm so glad you came on the show. I want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Made Good. Again, they have wonderful organic ingredients, whole grains, hidden veggies. Uh, they're free from common allergens, such as peanuts and dairy. They're packed with nutrition and awesome taste. Granola bars, mini bites, rice crispy squares, cookies, and more. Grab some today. Pack them in your kid's school lunch or in your purse. Learn more at madegoodfoods.com. You can find us on social media at Lisa Davis MPH, at Andrea Donsky, at Naturally Savvy, at your Radio MD. And also be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Never miss an episode of Naturally Savvy. Thanks for listening and stay well.